0: Star Wars 7x7 episode 1,909. Today, a re-re-examination of the plan to rescue Han Solo from Jabba the Hutt. It turns out that this might actually be one of the very first instances of a certain cinematic trope you hear a lot about these days. Punch it! Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. So, as I talked about in yesterday's examination of hope in Star Wars, and in particular Return of the Jedi, the first act of Return of the Jedi, speaking specifically about the rescue of Han Solo from Jabba the Hutt, is a masterclass in the manipulation of our hopes as an audience, as we experience the movie. And the thing of it is, is that, there are a lot of analyses out there about how ridiculous the plan is. And in fact, I've even talked about its ridiculousness. But having taken time to watch the movie again and to sort of deeply consider it as I was charting the changes in emotional positivity, negativity, and the polarity thereof based on you know the structural formatting and all that stuff, it occurs to me that maybe this plan is more well thought out than had previously been suggested, at least here on this show. So I thought I would take a moment to look at that and also talk about it not just in the sense of the actual plan itself in the universe, but also looking at it from the perspective of Larry Kasdan and George Lucas, who wrote the screenplay for the movie, too. So let's talk about what they are likely to know before they implement any sort of plan, okay? And also what their situation is going in. For a start, because of the fact that it is just the six of them, Luke, Leia, Lando, Chewie, 3PO, and R2, we can safely assume that the Rebel Alliance is either unwilling or unable to provide assistance for this mission. Second of all, they have a sense of what Han's condition will be like if he comes out of the Carbonite, that he will have hibernation sickness and that temporary blindness is a potential side effect of being in Carbonite for as long as he was. And third, thanks to Chewbacca, they probably have a pretty decent sense of the kind of character the Jabba the Hutt is, right? What he might do in certain situations, how he treats prisoners or people that he dislikes, what his general psychology is, his behavior based on previous experiences, and other information that Chewbacca has gleaned over the years. What they don't necessarily know, though, is where Han is in Jabba's palace and what the situation in the palace is like. The only way they're going to find that out is by getting someone in on the inside, and that's where embedding Lando comes into play. They could do it with the robots, but they have no guarantee that 3PO1R2 will be put in places where it will be useful for them to know, whereas Lando can operate on his own, and will be able to find out information about the layout of Jabba's palace, about the people there, about the security situation, and, crucially, about where Han Solo is being kept, and presumably he will be able to somehow smuggle this information out of Jabba's palace. And once they find out this information, and yes, there is a bit of speculation involved in leading up to that point, but I think that's all pretty reasonable stuff. But once they find out what the layout is, what the security situation is like, you basically fall into a decision tree. Can Lando get Han free by himself? That seems unlikely. And can they all do it if all four of them go, Luke, Leia, Han, and Chewie, all or I'm sorry, Luke, Leia, Lando, and Chewie, all go in on it at once? And... Based on the situation that they find in Jabba's palace, it seems like the answer is, number one, that it's unlikely to succeed, and number two, that it only gives them one shot at this, and if they don't get it right, then not only are they all going to be captured and or killed, but Han is not going to be freed, so they need to have options. And the other thing to consider, and this is where the screenplay writing situation comes in, the question of whether they can actually get Han Solo out of Jabba's palace without unfreezing him. And on the one hand, sure, the answer is yes, they could potentially have done that, and it might have been fun and or funny to see a laser battle, a blaster battle, with shots firing and banking off of Han's carbonite form. So they use it as a bit of a deflector shield in a way. as cover for getting out of there, so there is some humor and elements to that, but from a screenplay writing perspective, there's no personal drama to it, this is after all a space opera, and so you need the character interaction in order to increase the dramatic conflict that's happening, and increase the stakes, so yeah, it seems like not only from you know the plans perspective in-universe, but also from a screenwriting perspective, getting Han out of Jabba's palace without unfreezing him is off the table. So if they have to unfreeze him and they know, based on the layout of Jabba's palace and where things are, that it's going to create a lot of noise and that there's a good chance somebody's going to get caught doing it and they can't all go in to do it and Lando can't do it by himself, well then they have to start going in one by one instead. Or in the case of 3PO and R2 and Leia and, Bush, or Leia and Chewbacca, I should say, two by two. But as much as Chewie can tell them about Jabba the Hutt, they really have no sense of what Jabba's feelings are about Han and about having him in Carbonite. So it makes sense to send 3PO and R2 in to find out about the situation, and gauge his interest in bargaining, because that way, I mean, they are comparatively low risk. And as audience viewers, yeah, we are invested in 3PO and R2, but in universe, droids are comparatively disposable. And yes, obviously, Luke has a greater and stronger companionship with 3PO and R2, comparatively speaking, but if he has to make a choice between Han and 3PO and R2, I think Han wins out 100% of the time on that. So... He sends 3PO and R2 in, and, you know, that will hopefully get a gauge as to how Jabba is willing to deal with this situation. If he's willing to bargain, then there's a world where Luke can come in and bargain, and maybe even get the droids back in the process, or maybe somehow Lando can stay embedded after the fact and rescue them. Or at the very least, find where R2-D2 is and get the lightsaber back and say, hey, sorry, buddy. And yes, that is, of course, unsatisfying for us as fans, but, you know, that's another point. And since it turns out that he is not willing to bargain, then step two is to get more bodies into the place. And so it has to be Leia and not Luke as Boosh, because if Luke is captured, then there's no reason why they don't just kill him outright, basically, right? I mean, Jabba tried to kill him, as we saw. So, you know, that's probably something that Chewie figured out, that, uh, yeah, if Luke goes, then if he gets caught, he'll probably get killed. And that just leaves Leia, and Leia, if um, he's already said, if Jabba's already said that he's not going to bargain with Luke, then Leia's not going to be able to bargain with him, because anything that she could offer from the Rebel Alliance, like, it's only going to be money, and he already doesn't want to bargain. And the Rebel Alliance doesn't have any power in this situation, because they're still fighting the, uh, the Galactic Empire, and so there's no leverage that she can bring to bear on Jabba. So... In addition, we also know probably Chewbacca has said, yeah, Jabba has a soft spot for the ladies, and this is a potential situation that you could encounter if you get caught, and I would presume that Leia has accepted this as a risk for the operation. And if Leia gets Han out... Well then, obviously that's going to make Jabba very angry and unlikely to bargain with Luke for Chewie, so then it would fall to Lando to try to break Chewie out of there at some point, which you would think is probably easier to do with somebody who is fully capable of defending himself, as opposed to Han, who would be dealing with hibernation sickness and be temporarily blind, who could not be a help in an escape situation. And then you have Luke, so in the worst-case scenario, which is what they are planning for here that Leia and Chewie are captured, and that he is the last remaining Link, well, that's of course why he has put his lightsaber inside R2-D2, so that way he has a weapon available to him if needed. He can you know, as we saw in Return of the Jedi, potentially use the Force to steal somebody's gun and try to shoot people as needed. Maybe Lando would be able to come to his rescue briefly as well, but you can't necessarily rely on that situation. And, of course, he's hoping that the Jedi mind trick situation is going to work as well. So, that's where things get a little bit iffy, because you know, once Luke has to be, you know, the court of last resort in this, it's really hard to say how things are going to turn out. And they can try to plan for it. I mean, you know, whether they presumed that the, you know, here's the decision tree, basically. If Luke is successful in his negotiation, then he leaves with Han and Chewie, Lando is there to rescue Leia, and that, as they say, is that. Again, yes, the droids are lost. This is a problem. etc etc. Um... If he's not successful in his negotiation, then either he is put to death immediately, and then we have Lando rescuing Leia and Han and Chewie, and, you know, having Lando and Chewie and Leia to be able to get Han out of there, well, that's definitely an easier proposition, and at least, you know, there are multiple people to help with this temporarily blind character. But Chewie has probably also suggested to the team that Jabba has a flair for the dramatic, and I'm sure Chewbacca has heard previously of people being put into the Sarlacc pit, and suggests that that is a possibility as well. And so, if Luke is not immediately killed on site, if he is just captured instead, that's probably an anticipated solution. Or, you know, maybe putting him in Carbonite as well, because, hey, it worked with Han Solo. But, we'll see. Anyway... So, yeah, ultimately, it seems like they have done as much planning as they possibly could, understanding that there's going to have to be some improvisation depending on what happens because they can't possibly control all of the events that are going to happen. And ultimately, this means that what is happening in the screenplay is... Possibly the first instance of what is now kind of a common movie trope. And I will explain what that is after the break and also give a shout out to somebody who has also done some deep thinking about this whole scenario. Stay tuned. Welcome back. So, you're probably familiar with the movie trope about the bad guy who gets captured by the good guys, and this is sometime in the middle of the movie, and you think, oh, this is a good thing, and then something really bad happens, and the bad guy gets away, and the bad guy gets away not only just as an escape, but with an advantage that they didn't have before, and the good guys slap their heads and go, oh my gosh, he wanted to be caught! And I think that is kind of what we're seeing here in Return of the Jedi. There is a situation where they wanted to be caught to some degree. Chewbacca was delivered. 3PO and R2 were delivered. They were all in custody. And the possibility of Leia getting caught while she was defrosting Han from the carbonite was significantly high. So she was likely going to get caught as well. They were aware that this was going to happen and were planning for that eventuality. So I think this may be, in fact, one of the first instances in modern cinema where the they-meant-to-get-caught is actually happening. And I want to give a shout-out to Dennis Keithley, who is a former host of Starship's Sabres and Scoundrels, which, unfortunately, just shuttered its doors as a podcast not too long ago. And Dennis has also been a longtime patron and supporter of Star Wars 7x7. He actually wrote a couple of posts about the Return of the Jedi plan on the Coffee with Kenobi website, and his thinking and my thinking overlap in some areas as well, but I wanted to give Dennis a shout out because, yeah, he's done some really good thinking on this subject as well, and I will link to his posts in the show notes for this show on the blog post for this episode at sw7x7.com, and also in the YouTube description as well. And that is going to do it for my re-re-examination of the escape from Jabba's palace and the rescue of Han Solo, and